Welcome to the Drink Less, Live More podcast. If you are a woman that is wanting to evaluate your relationship with alcohol, you come to the right place. There are no hard and fast rules and you don't have to call yourself anything. You're just a woman that knows something isn't working for her and you are wanting to make an intentional change. I'm Rachel Pritz and I'll walk alongside you as you learn to drink less and live more. Let's go. Welcome back to Drink Less, Live More. When this episode is published, we will be through Sober October. So for some of you, you may have opted in for a Sober October, maybe a Sober-ish October. You know, I mentioned the mindful October versus sober, if that's not where you are at. Um, But you know, we're kind of wrapping that up. And so I would imagine some of you have learned some things from that. Whether or not you were able to go the entire month without drinking, that's not really the point. The point here is that we uh, we take what we learned from the experience, we figured out what worked, what didn't work, we uh, maybe got some confidence, like, hey, you know, I, I was able to not drink all week and I just had a drink on Saturdays, that was it, you know, so there's probably some... Some really great things that came out of that. If it didn't go as planned, there is no need to beat yourself up over this. I think this is my biggest pet peeve in the sober community is that we sort of like, oh, we got to start all over. Like now you're back to day one. Um, All that work that you did had, you know, no relevance whatsoever. I don't believe that's true. And I think depending on where you're at, if you're similar to me, where I was like, I don't really want to quit drinking forever. I just don't know when I was first starting. Um, you know, I really think that, that that can be helpful just to sort of ease that pressure of like, okay, you don't have to be perfect at this. Like that was part of my problem was this perfectionism thing in many areas of life that I had to dismantle in order to move forward. So I want you to keep that in mind. Like, let's just have some self-compassion here for whatever happened in October. Maybe you're still just sitting on the sidelines and you're like, I don't know. I'm not sure yet. I don't know what I want to do here. Totally fine. I was there too. I did that for a long time where I was just kind of watching and I kind of knew maybe I want to do this, but I don't think I want to do it right now. Um, So keep that in mind too. Just keep on following along. That's great. Also know that you can join my... um, 14-day bruise-free challenge, you can uh, join that. And so that is on my website at rachelpritz.com. And then if you want to take it up another level, you can join the 90-day program, which is sort of just a healing journey through some of these things like perfectionism and people-pleasing and setting boundaries and all these things that many of us as women really have been conditioned to believe that's how we need to be. And so I help kind of dismantle that conditioning We um, challenge some of that conditioning, and then we start to give some solutions moving forward to help you practice some of these new skills that you need in order to live a life with less stress, which also often means a life with less alcohol. I also give you some other solutions for combating the stress because we live in a world that has a lot of stress in it. Um, We have a lot of things on our plate, and so like the idea that we're never going to have any stress is just unrealistic. So I give you some uh, unique and different ideas around what you could do to combat the stress versus just running to the wine, which was my MO for years. The wine just, you know, seemed to just be an easy fix. So what I want to talk about today is really health, which is really 
the primary reason why I decided to take a break from alcohol, a really long extended break from alcohol to really figure out why it was I felt like crap. Um, you know, I think I normalized it for years and years and years, pretty much ever since I had kids. So, you know, my son's almost 10. I sort of just normalized this idea that, you know, we just weren't supposed to feel good. Um, I guess this is just how it is. I, you know, I, I just thought it was normal to feel the way I felt. Turns out um, now, you know, knowing what I know now and how I feel now, because I feel, I mean, astronomically better. I can't even describe to you how much better I feel than I did two years ago. Um, and I didn't get any younger. I happened to get two years older. So, you know, we can't always just chalk it up to age either. You know, I think that's often sort of the the rationale for why we're not feeling well. Um, so I can't even tell you how much different I feel. I mean, it's just, it's not, it's, I can't even describe it. And I have energy. I don't need to take a nap every single day, which I felt like I could nap every single day two years ago. I just, I really felt, uh, really crappy. So I just want to talk through, um, some of the reasons why I felt crappy. You know, I'm a nurse by background, so I love the science side of things. I love the, you know, lab work that I discovered, all those things. So I want to share that with you because lots of people do have that question. And I think it comes from a place of fear. And many of us are afraid to see the numbers. We're afraid to go into the doctor and say, hey, I drink a bottle of wine most nights. I'm afraid it might be too much. Can we check my lab work? Most of us aren't doing that. You know, we're ashamed of going in to ask for that. And it seems like, gosh, I'm a put together woman. I don't, you know, I, I just feel like I can't come, come in and do it. It feels too vulnerable. Uh, for us. So I decided to start seeing a functional medicine doctor, which um, for those of you that aren't aware of what they do, it's more of a holistic approach to medicine. We're looking to actually create health versus reacting to whatever's going on with you. So I think an example is like, how do we figure out the root cause of your cholesterol being high or your vitamin D being low? So we can actually solve that problem versus giving you a medication for your cholesterol or giving you a medication for high blood pressure. Um, I'm not anti-medication. I'm all for medications when, when they're needed. I think it's just my approach to my own health. I would prefer, prefer to be more preventative um, versus more reactive. And I think that is true in pretty much everything I do. I, I prefer to be preventative. So, you know, I was intrigued by it. We had some health savings dollars kind of sitting there. And I thought, you know, I want to I want to explore this. I want to see what it's all about. Because side note, it's not cheap. And I do recognize that this is a privileged thing to be able to afford. Um, and quite frankly, it pisses me off that our healthcare system hasn't caught up with some of this stuff, that, that some of these things aren't covered. And I will say that some of my things, my lab works, uh, lab work and those types of things were covered. But, you know, it was still a hefty amount out of pocket. And so um, I do do want to, you know, just share that up front. I really am hopeful that we will get to a place in, in the U.S. where functional medicine is much more widely accepted and insurers pay for it and all those things. But holy cow, is that a whole bucket of worms that we could open up? Um, it's not an easy problem to solve for sure. So, um, you know, back November in November, I visited November of uh, 2020. Uh, actually, I visited her in October because I got the results back in November of 2020. Um, you know, I kind of told her what was going on. I had a lot of joint pain, fatigue, brain fog. Um, I just kind of like, I felt like I had no energy, um, you know, and she was, you know, trying to figure out what was going on. So we did a bunch of lab work. I did fully admit, hey, I'm drinking a, a bottle of wine pretty much every night. 
And that my husband and I hit it pretty hard with the alcohol through the pandemic for the first, you know, six months. We were having a lot of cocktails, wine, all the things. And so um, I did tell her the truth, which actually felt really good. You know, like I think when we go in and we lie about these things or fudge the truth or we're not honest with ourselves, it doesn't feel good to say that. It actually felt like kind of a release to tell someone else, uh, you know, even in healthcare, uh, what I was drinking, you know? So anyway, I told her, you know, we did the lab work. People are always like, what were the labs that were bad? Oh my gosh, I'm so worried about this. So I'll share with you some of the lab work. I actually have it pulled up in front of me just to talk through um, what was off. So uh, the first thing was one of my liver enzymes was high. And her uh, thing that she said was, wow, you had to really anger your liver to get it to be that high, which I was like, oh, okay. Well, now I have hard numbers in front of my face. It isn't just I'm thinking I'm drinking too much. My body's telling me I'm drinking too much. Uh, and really, there's, there was no other explanation for that other than the alcohol. My cholesterol was high for the first time ever in my life. Um, turns out our liver is responsible for processing fat and cholesterol. And it can't do that when you it's too busy cleaning up the toxin, which is the priority. So it's always cleaning up the alcohol, which is its highest priority. Then it'll get to the cholesterol and the fat. Well, no wonder none of us can lose any weight and our cholesterol is high. Of course. My vitamin D was low. You know, I don't know if that was related. There is, you know, some evidence to show that that can be related. Um, vitamin A was low. Vitamin B12 was low. My zinc was very low, which is related to alcohol use. Um, not always. You know, there's always other explanations for some of these things. Um, but, you know, it kind of as I started looking at it, started uh, educating myself and reading more about the health impacts of alcohol, I was like, oh, all this makes sense. I had um, joint pain. They actually found some mold in that was present in my body. And so we did have some mold remediated in our house, um, which I do think was part of another reason why I felt like crap. Um, but we did have that done. And so in that follow-up has been really good where the mold mold has, uh, you know, no longer in my system. So, um, so that has been really helpful. I discovered that drinking coffee can also add to that mold, uh, piece. And so I stopped drinking coffee and I feel a lot better not drinking coffee, which is, uh, I know a hard one for people, but I do feel a lot better when I don't drink coffee. I'll still drink it occasionally if I'm like, I just really want a latte. Um, but for the most part, I don't drink any coffee. It actually makes me uh, feel pretty crappy. So those were sort of the hard and fast numbers. My digestion was off. So she commented on that. Um, if you go see functional medicine, get ready. Like I had to poop in a French fry container. Um, and then they analyzed it. And so, um, just be prepared. It's the most hands down, the most like in, I won't even say invasive, but the most thorough assessment I've ever had. You know, normally they don't test those types of things when you go in for like a physical, if there's no reason to test that. But my digestion was off. Um, there was some yeast in, in the stool. So, you know, all those things are related to alcohol too. Uh, not, like I said, not always, they're not always the culprit, um, but they're certainly related to alcohol use. So fast forward a couple of years ahead. So now, you know, I've still been being seen by, by the functional medicine physician and she, you know, will draw labs every three to six months, just depending on what's going on. And I have them pulled up in front of me cause I was just kind of curious to see the difference, you know, cause I've had consistent lab work over the last two years. So I'm like, I know that I'm making progress in the right direction but it's pretty cool to see right in front of my face. All of those things I just described are completely resolved. 
So some of them I do take um, supplements for. The vitamin D I do take a supplement for. I think, you know, previously, before even I had, you know, been drinking a bottle of wine every night, um, my vitamin D had been low in other lab work that I had done like 10, 15 years ago. So I do think that was probably just there. Um, certainly helps with the energy level, all those things. So I do take some supplements here, but, you know, the liver enzymes completely normal. My cholesterol's normal again. <laughs> Um, so pretty fascinating, you know, to see that, you know, sort of hard and fast numbers in front of my face. So yes, I love the science side. I love the data side. I love having this like objective number I can go to, to say evidence. See, I'm proving it, but I also love more of the subjective side of things. I love just measuring how the heck my body feels and my body feels so much better than it did two years ago. Like I can't, like I said, I can't even describe it. I haven't really lost a significant amount of weight. I mean, I've lost, I don't know, maybe 10 pounds from where I was when I first kind of started with her. I don't weigh myself. You know, I've talked about that previously, so I don't really know, but my body feels really great. Like the joint pain's gone. So many of these things are gone. I don't feel like I have to take that nap all the time. And so I just want to talk about how we kind of normalize this. You know, I would not have known if I didn't uh, you know, start on this journey two years ago, I would not have known what it felt like to feel like what I feel like today. <laughs> if that, that makes sense. It's a lot of feeling. I wouldn't have known. I would have just kept going. And I think as women, we do this so often. We just normalize feeling terrible. We think that's how we're supposed to feel. We chalk it up to aging. We chalk it up to stress. Um, you know, we can do something about this. And so I just, I had hit a wall and I was like, I can't, I can't live like this anymore. I don't want to feel like this anymore. And this just doesn't, like, I'm not ready to resign to the fact that I'm going to feel like crap the rest of my life. I just, that doesn't add up for me. Um, the other thing I came to sort of just, uh, um, agreement with, I think where it was like, okay, I can, I can reconcile this, that every single day I'm not going to feel amazing. Like there's, our bodies are complex. There's a lot of things going on. I can not drink for months and wake up one day and almost feel hungover. So, you know, I feel like, oh, I got a little bit of a headache and I just feel sluggish. You know, who knows what that could be? It could be the things I ate yesterday or, you know, whatever's going on with our bodies, hormone changes, all those things. So I have kind of just, you know, just resigned uh, to the fact that I'm not going to feel amazing every single day. I just don't think that's realistic. I think that's true with our emotions as well. You know, I've had to just sort of reconcile with the fact that, you know what, sometimes I'm going to be grumpy and sad and grieving and angry. Uh, you know, sometimes those things are going to come up and that's okay too, because I used to avoid all of those like the plague. I mean, I was like, I'll just not do that. I'm not going to do that. And then I would ignore it. And of course it would come out sideways and, you know, all over the place. So, you know, I really want to level set there just with the whole, oh my gosh, you're supposed to feel amazing all the time. Cause I do think that's a bit of an extreme on the other side. I'm kind of in the middle where I'm like, Hey, I think if you're doing all the right things, you can expect to feel good most of the time. That would be my kind of where I'm at today. Um, you know, and the, the idea of measuring things in our body, you know, lots of people will say, so then do you not drink at all now? And I'm like, no, I do still drink and I'll still have an occasional drink here and there. Um, more so on date nights I've been drinking for a long, long, long time. I didn't drink anything. And I'm really just drinking until my body tells me to stop, till my body starts to have the effects of alcohol that I don't like. 
Sometimes that's half a drink. Sometimes that's two drinks. So I'm really, truly not using the more objective data side of things because those, you know, numbers all look good. I'm using the subjective side of things where I'm measuring how my body feels. My God, we have so much information there that we are not utilizing. The other thing I want to get into, because I would imagine I have some women that are perimenopausal or menopausal. I think this is a time in our lives as women where we just start to feel like crap because we have all these shifts, you know, hormonally and it's hard and we're not sleeping well. And, you know, all these things are changing and happening. And it feels like just at the worst time, right? Like you feel like you're just getting things figured out. Um, You're feeling really good. You feel confident. You're, uh, you know, pretty set with your career. You know, your kids are getting older, all those things. And then bam, okay, here's the next thing we get to tackle. Uh, And I think we often normalize feeling like crap there. And so that was one of the reasons why I wanted to start seeing functional medicine because I just don't want to suffer through that. I know there's going to be some suffering, but I also think there's a heck of a lot we can do to not suffer. And we just have to find the right people to help us through that process. So I have connected with so many women over the last couple of years that are like directly correlated with menopause or perimenopause was a a uptick in drinking. You know, I started drinking a lot more because I felt so bad. I just, I wanted to feel better. And so I want to have you keep that in mind. I don't think, you know, obviously there are exceptions, you know, people have chronic illnesses and things that they're battling, um, that, you know, they can't, they can't get out of, right? Like they have to sometimes not feel so good and they have to tackle some of those things. But for many of us, we do actually have some power over this. We don't have to just sit back and be a victim to the circumstance. And I think for sure, for me, alcohol and wine kept me in the victim mindset for so long. I think it's so good at just putting the shackles on and saying, you are stuck. But when I stopped drinking for such a long time, I started to feel that empowerment piece come back to me. And I was like, wait a minute, I'm not stuck with anything. Like, I I don't have to accept this. I'm not going to accept this. And so sort of the spark was reignited in me and I was able to take the shackles off without the alcohol. And they're still off today, so that's fantastic. Even though I did incorporate alcohol back into my life, you know, it's nowhere near where I was at before. And I'm so pleased with that. You know, I just had breakfast with somebody this week, and I just said, I am so proud of myself for the relationship that I now have with alcohol. And I haven't been hungover in years, and I don't don't feel the effects of alcohol because I know my body's limits, and I finally am paying attention to my body's limits. Before, I was just like, Oh, bottle open. We're going to finish that sucker no matter what. Even if I feel, you know, pretty inebriated after one glass, I'll still just finish it, you know? And like, wow, like what an unintentional thing to do. So, you know, I just want to um, have you think about where you're normalizing how you're feeling. I know oftentimes I would say, oh, I'm just tired today. But really deep down, I knew that I was hungover. And I didn't want to admit it because it was so shame, shameful for me to admit that I was hungover again on a freaking Tuesday that I didn't want to say that. And so um, I would say, I just, oh, I'm tired. I need to take a nap or I'm this or I just didn't feel very good today or I felt really sad today. And it's like, oh my gosh, that was 99% related to alcohol use. And deep down inside, I knew it. I freaking knew it, but I did not want to admit it to myself. 
So look at those areas where maybe you do need to admit like, gosh, the wine drinking is getting in the way of this, or it is making me sluggish when I wake up. I don't pop out of bed at six o'clock like I'd like to. That's a big one for me. Um, Still, even if I drink, you know, to this day, even if I have one drink, I do not get out of bed as quickly. So I'm like, oh, shoot, you know, that's interesting that just one drink would do that, you know? So, so just start paying attention to that and be willing to admit it to yourself and do like admit it to yourself with self-compassion, not with more shame, not with more beating yourself up, but with some self-compassion and saying, you know what? I'm hungover today. Gosh, like, I don't want to keep doing this to my body. I love my body. I love me. I don't want to keep doing this. I got to figure this out and I can do it. I can do it with help. I can do it with support. I know I can do this. You know, like speaking to yourself in a more positive way can be so powerful and a more compassionate way. My gosh, this shame shit isn't working. I'm telling you, like it does not work for change for anything, maybe in the short term, never in the long term. I've never once seen it work. So let's think differently. Let's start to talk to ourselves in a different way. Let's stop normalizing feeling like crap just because we're getting older. It doesn't have to be that way. If you have any questions about this kind of journey, more on the the health side, you know, I've talked a lot about the emotional side and I knew I had to address a lot of those things. If you have any questions, please just shoot me an email at rachel at rachelpritz.com. I love to talk through this journey and kind of help people figure out how to get plugged into the right resources for them. Um, you know, I share with people how much it costs for me to get started. You know, I think that's varying in the market as well. Um, there's a little bit of my ego that pushed against some of the stuff where it was like, she's like, oh, you need this, this vitamin water, this IV, and it's going to be $1,200. And I was like, that's a hard no. So I also want you to feel very empowered in this journey to say yes to the things that you're like, yes, that makes sense. And to say no to things that you're like, wait a minute, I don't know if I really need that. Let's start with some turtle steps here and let's see where we can get. Um, feel empowered to do that. I think sometimes we just, you know, think we just have to accept what they recommend. That's not always true. Um, so if you have any questions about that, please reach out. If you have any questions about my program, I'm always happy to jump on a, you know, 20, 30 minute phone call just to chat through it. So you can see what might be the best fit for you. I know we're coming up on the holidays. Like I've told you many times, I started this November 1st of 2020. So I went all the way through the holidays with no alcohol for two seasons, actually. And it was fantastic. It was actually really great. Um, And so you don't have to wait till January 1st. But if you just want to sit back and you want to continue learning and you do want to start January 1st or, you know, two weeks into January, cool. That's perfectly fine. There's no one way to do this thing. I would highly encourage some Quitlet. Quit Like a Woman obviously is a very popular one out there. Um, There's a couple other recommendations that I have on my website as well. But I would recommend that to start sort of educating on yourself. I, I could not unknow those things once I read them. And I did not know those things. I have a freaking master's degree in nursing. I know I say this all the time, but it sort of just pisses me off that I did not know some of these things uh, and the impact of alcohol on, on us. You know, and I don't think we do a good job from a public service announcement you know, uh, standpoint of talking about the data and the research and all the things that are out there that's, that's new. So uh, you may want to be in that camp where you're just learning right now. You're in exploration phase and you'll take action when the time is right and you'll know when the time is right. So have a great week. We'll talk soon. Don't forget to hit subscribe so you can be reminded of new episodes. This is not intended to be medical advice. 
This is for gray area drinkers that are wanting to evaluate their relationship with alcohol and cut back or quit altogether. If alcohol isn't ruining your life, but it's certainly not making it any better, you're in the right place.